Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Each and every Monday on the program, it's Mondays with Munz. He's on Twitter at Munzley. Jason, I guess I'll, I'll I'll allow you. How do you context How do you contextualize yesterday's game? A win's a win, Jeffrey. Um, that's that's really what it all boils down to, in my opinion. Um, they had to have it, and uh, and they got it. Um, it was not pretty. It was actually. Uh, Quite ugly. Quite ugly. Yes. Uh, they they were out-rebounded by 17, which is the most, the largest uh, rebounding margin uh, deficit that they have had in a game since Tubby Smith's first season. Six years, six calendar years ago uh, was the last time they've been out-rebounded that badly. Um so, like, you know, there was that. There was the 18 consecutive missed three-pointers on Memphis's part. Uh, that was bad. Um, you know, like, the fact that they, you know, let Damian Dunn get open uh, there with, what, five seconds left uh, in the game. Yeah, I was at uh, seven or I don't know. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, like to to so let that so yeah, like it was bad. It was not. It was. It did not look good. Um, you know, there were there were good parts. Kendrick Davis, obviously, DeAndre Williams, the way he started and uh, kind of carried uh, carried the load there in the first half. That was nice. Um, you know, situational things. Jonathan Lawson's pass, inbounds pass to Kendrick Davis uh, on the final play. That was. You know, we've seen that go go poorly. Uh, you know, a lot. I, I want to say it was last week. Um, Dayton was down one with like eight seconds to go, and uh, against uh, VCU, as a matter of fact. And um, they, they, all they had to do was get the ball in bounds, and then they could go on the floor and try to run a play. Uh, but like they, the the inbounder threw it like toward the floor, and the guy who was coming for the ball kicked it back out of bounds. <laughs> and it was just like so. Those things go wrong a lot. Uh, college basketball. Jonathan, yeah. So the so the fact that Jonathan Lawson, a redshirt freshman, was able to get Kendrick Davis a really nice feed that was good. But by and large, a win is a win, 
and you, you take them however you can get them. Did yesterday have 2022 Tulsa game vibes to you? Yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, you'll see it. Uh, I just filed my mailbag uh, for tomorrow at commercialappeal.com, and, and my whole lead was just about how it felt a lot like that Tulsa game. They had lost three in a row. Now now Memphis had, had lost two out of three going into um, yesterday's game, but it probably felt like three in a row considering the double overtime uh, situation at UCF earlier last week. But, yeah, they were kind of reeling uh, last year when they went up to Tulsa. Um, they were missing DeAndre Williams, Landers Nolly, Jalen Duran, and Amani Bates in that game. So they were severely shorthanded, much like they were yesterday. Um, and they were down. Now, they, they were up at halftime against Temple yesterday, but they were down 15 yeah. at one point in the second half at Tulsa, and they battled back and got a two-point win there, got a two-point win yesterday at Temple. So, yeah, definitely, you know, that, that Tulsa win last year sparked them to go on like a 12-1 run over their next 13, over their over the 13-game span before they lost to Houston in the uh, conference tournament. Uh, finals, but um, yeah, you, you, you hope that the parallels continue if you're a Memphis fan and that you know that that kind of neck and neck win uh, sparks you on, on another nice run like it did last year at Tulsa. Because I was really trying to when I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was like, well, you know, the similarities to me were being shorthanded and just kind of a. I'm pretty sure that game was on a Sunday too, wasn't it? Because if I recall, that was like a lifeless Sunday game. Yeah, that that. I'm right. again, don't hold me to that, but I'm nearly certain it was another Sunday afternoon game. But I think the the key difference to me is that team felt like it was truly free falling, whereas yesterday, like, I don't think it's a team at a crisis point. But I do think if you lose that game, it felt like it could have been the start of the crisis or the start of a free fall. Yeah, I mean, like, if you lose yesterday at Temple, uh, you know, you pretty much got to win out to to have to feel any sort of good about Selection Sunday. Um, you know, maybe one loss at Houston, and and but that's it. I mean, you know, you you really did avert disaster. I mean, Penny said it on the radio broadcast after the game yesterday. He called it a must win. He talked a lot about how it was just a pressure packed um, game. And I think he's right. I, I, I don't think that a quad three loss to, you know, to anybody uh, anywhere, um, given the way things have gone lately for Memphis. Uh, I mean, you know, like they're just, they're, there's just not enough opportunities to make up for it in the American conference. Sure. You know, you get UCF, back at your place, that's probably going to be a quad two game. Yeah, you get Tulane back at your place, probably going to end up being a quad two game. You still got two games against Houston. You still got two games against Cincinnati, but even Cincinnati's like 85 in the net right now. So Yeah, and they also feel like the team that could go either way. Like, okay, you tell me that you know they wind up being the third or fourth team in the league. I could buy that. You could also tell me that when you watch them play, like that team feels combustible. Yeah, yeah, you could see them easily finish seventh or eighth. Yes. Um, because yeah, they're they're very up and down. But like as it stands today, that game Sunday, they're going to Cincinnati on Sunday. I mean, unless something crazy happens between now and then, that's going to be a quad two game. 
um, even though it's on the road because Cincinnati's like 85 in the net right now. So, um, again, you, you, losing that game would have just, you know, it, it, it would have – Kendrick said it uh, also post-game. He talked about how, you know, I've, I've, I've been a part of teams where, you know, where one loss kind of sucks the wind completely – sucks the life completely out of an entire season – and he was mainly talking about the UCF game and how that how it didn't do that. Like they came back, they bounced back and won despite you know how, how excruciating that game kind of was for them. But I feel like if you lose the Temple game yesterday, especially on the heels of the UCF game, UCF loss, it feels like that would have been one that that, that really would have sucked the life out of this season. Well, I think the problem the problem with a game like yesterday is. I think that it could be it could be reflective of what they're going to have the rest of the way. Now, I don't yeah. know how many more times the rest of the way they're going to be coming off of a heartbreaking double overtime game. Like that should be factored in. Like mm-hmm. they played, you know, they played 50 minutes of basketball. It was a double OT game, tough loss on the road, and then you're traveling to Philly after that. Like I, I that is a tough spot, and that is a very gettable spot for a lot of teams. But the problem that that I see moving forward is it feels like to me, particularly this next seven-game stretch, they're going to have some pretty competitive games where you just don't get any credit. And, like, at a certain point, I, can do, I can't understand where that becomes taxing on a team because it feels like you just don't have a chance to, like, come up for air. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, like, it, it, just, it, it does feel like these, this next little stretch – no matter what you do, it, you're just going to be treading water. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure that's got to weigh on the psyche of, of a team. Um, you know, Penny talks about it a lot, about the lack of respect and about how we have to do extra and more than everybody else to get any sort of respect um, nationally. And, you know, I, some of that might just be, you know, uh, the way coaches speak sometimes. Um, but I do think that that's going to be especially true for these next seven games. And, and you know, the fact that they're shorthanded, it sounds like they're going to still be missing uh, Jaden Hardaway, Malcolm Dandridge, and Alex Lomax uh, Thursday against Wichita State. Like, that is, you know, you, you kind of, like, are, are on the edge of your seat waiting for that to catch up to them. But, you know, I, I mean, I think until – that happens you got to go with what you know like with the results that we've got that we've gotten to this point and um they're 13 and 5 uh 3 and 2 in conference they're like 36 in Ken Palm they're 46 in the net uh they're not out of it and you know they've they've done it you know they found a way on Sunday and i i i got to believe that they'll you know they'll they'll find a way to get it to get it done uh, Thursday. I guess the only problem I have with the narrative, because as you point out, on one hand it can totally be coach speak, and and you know part of the tournament is a sales job. You know what I mean? But I don't necessarily get the sense that Memphis is is being overlooked and not respected. It just seems to me yet again it's another example of another league problem. And you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem to me like that they've singled Memphis out. It just seems like that no one takes the conference really that seriously. Yeah, and it it doesn't help that it's so top-heavy. Yes. Um, 
like it's it's kind of all or nothing. It's you got Memphis at forty six in the net. You got UCF that's whatever they are forty forty five in the net. You got Houston, and then you got everybody else. Um, yeah, Cincinnati's at eighty five. They're top one hundred uh, in the net as we sit here today. Tulane is coming on. They're looking nice, um, but really outside of that, it's it's you know pretty pretty bust after that. Pretty busted after that. So. Um, Yes. No, I do think that it is more uh, it's more about the conference than it is about Memphis. But, um, you know, if you're a glass half full type person, then you're then you're hoping that, you know, Penny has been he's he's so well versed in preaching that in preaching the, you know, us against the world. Like we got to We got to we can never let up. We got to keep our. We we got to keep our head down at all times, or else we're going to go in, 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 in like this free fall. That you know it, it rubs off, and the players buy into it, and they play that way. Did you have a problem with the no foul down the stretch on the on the up three with what was it seven point one? A little bit, yeah, um, a little bit. Uh, just because it happened the the game before. Um, and and it, it just you can at least make the argument they are consistent. Yeah, no, that's true. But yeah, like I, hindsight obviously is what it is, and it worked out, and that's great. But it just, uh, it just for uh, the only thing that I'll say is if they had a hand in Damian Dunn's face remotely at all then I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. But he was wide open. They Correct. left him wide open. It was like, the type of Temple, wide open, too, where you're like, wait, did they know that the play was happening? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, did they just think that, like, the whistle had yeah. been blown? Yeah. It was, it was, it, Temple was one for 24 as a team from three outside of Damian Dunn yesterday. He was three for five from three. The one guy that you better not lose sight of and they lost sight of him in that in that situation. So it's like it's it's tough to say that yes, they should have fouled uh, because literally they had one job um, to to not let him get open. I mean, like you can live with it if you contest it and he still makes it, but they didn't even do that. Um, so I don't know. It's it's I still think they should have fouled, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a little more the argument's a little bit more nuanced because the players literally just completely uh, lost the one person they weren't supposed to lose. Yeah, I also think it was a little more nuanced. Like to your point, fundamentally, I am an always foul guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With that said, I can also acknowledge that a couple of things are true. My number, the biggest reason why I'm an always foul guy in college is. There's not really a whole heck of a lot of difference than a three-point attempt and a free throw for college kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's an extra right. what you know, ten feet maybe, something like that. But really, what it yeah. boils down to, where I was willing to accept the decision yesterday, was they were so bad from three, and yet from the free throw line they were like twenty-one of twenty-three. And then Memphis has just been getting killed on the glass. We've been talking about it now for for three weeks straight. They've just been kidding, getting killed on the glass. And so I did understand, hey, if we foul, they make the first, 
you know, what happens if they make the first, they get an offensive rebound on the second, either get a putback or they get a three and we lose. So, like, I did understand that. But to your point, what you would also would like to include is, well, what if you didn't even get a hand in his face on the three points? Right. Like, like it's it's one thing to me. Like, if you play it out, like that one, they just left him wide open. Like, I I still have no idea what happened. Yeah, let 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 anything else happen except that, except that. Like, literally, you you can foul, you can let them, you know, you can force it to somebody else, you can, you know. Uh, Contest the shot. You can, uh, you know, try to make them be in the same to, zip code, area code. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything other than what happened. But it, you know, again, a, a win is a win, and, and, you, and you never give uh, you never give those back. All right. Last thing before I let you go, I made the se- I made the statement that if you look at the week and how they played in totality, I think it's completely reasonable that they went one and one. Now, if you were being nitpicky, you would say, well, you would have preferred to have gotten the other win from a, from a resume perspective. I don't know if that's necessarily 100% true. I, I understand if that's your view, but I'm someone that believes that their path is no bad losses and just always taking care of business, and yesterday could have ended up being a bad loss. Do you think it's fair to say that, you know, one and one, given how they played and given kind of how shorthanded they've been, one and one's not necessarily an unexpected result last week. No, no, especially. Uh, I mean, because look, UCS good. They are like they UCS were favored in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. That's a quality basketball team. Like they, they're going to have the freshman of the year uh, on their team. They're going to have probably one or two All Conference guys. Um, they're very old. Now they were shorthanded. Do you know like? They, they were missing two starters, and that freshman of the year fouled out with, like, six minutes left in regulation. So, you know, there are some, you know, like, uh, head-scratching things there, too. But, but yes, no, I, I believe that under the circumstances, all things considered, one and one, two, two road games, um, you know, yeah, one and one is, is there's, there's, there's really, it's hard to quibble with, with that when you take everything into consideration. Mons, we appreciate it, buddy. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.